Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I am one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the Jotun Toten, the vault dwelling, the mayor of the Deepstone Crypt, the best co-host on the Citadel, and now the throne world conqueror himself, Josh Finney. You know... I now have immense respect for anybody who has to, like, marathon through as much content of a game as possible on a very tiny deadline. Uh, this has been, it has been a crazy, crazy week, but it's been, like, maybe, like, the best 48 hours of Destiny that I've ever had. Yeah, uh, definitely been the best, like, seven or eight hours that I've ever had. I, I... So I mean, let's just there. There's there is a twab this week. There's nothing in it though, ladies and gentlemen. We're we're gonna skip it. Obviously, there's not a whole lot. There is uh, gamers to give the, their charity. I definitely would recommend checking that out. Um, Bungie has announced. Uh, if you're listening to this right off the bat, uh, the first 48 hours of their charity initiative, it, all proceeds are gonna go to uh, the Ukrainian Red Cross. Um, so. Of course, yeah, if you're listening have, to this, you, you're absolutely aware of what's going on. Yeah, we have a few listeners over there. So I yeah. hope everybody over there is safe. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's just a and it's a it's a weird and scary time over there. And I just feel for everybody over there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously that's putting it extremely lightly. I, we, you know, have the privilege, the luck. I guess to uh, be sitting in America, where it's you know safer and we don't have people invading our country. Um, but you know, just keep our friends over there in your thoughts. I know some of us have uh, have family from that area mm-hmm. uh, as well. Um, Corey, I know especially you know your your family. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I you know there there's really not words to describe it i think this is kind of unlike anything any of us have seen before it's not like you know when we've gone to war in like afghanistan or iraq or anything like this uh this is you know the biggest uh thing to happen post-world war ii uh in continental europe Mm -hmm. arguably um so it's it's not yeah it's not something to, to laugh and joke about i saw a lot of people you know sharing memes uh, in the middle of the night, World War Three memes and stuff like that, or like, oh, of course you know what's happening on Elden Ring Day and on Witch Queen Day, and it's like, man, there's so many more important mm-hmm. things um, going on right now than, you know, interrupting your playtime. Uh, and the reality is, like, if you're in North America, your your life is going to basically continue the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the same cannot be said for those in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Um, especially in, you know, Russia and in Ukraine. Um you know, we don't always take time at the beginning of shows. I feel like we're having to do it more and more lately uh, for serious topics. But, you know, before we get to the fun stuff tonight, uh, just, you know, keep uh, keep all of our friends over there, friends, family members, uh, etc. You know, people in general, just in your minds. Um, there were a lot of uh, protests and, you know, rallies against this uh, happening in Russia. Um as of tonight, so in the middle of the night it was happening, um, we were seeing it all afternoon and into the evening, and that takes a lot of courage. That's That takes a lot of bravery in Russia to do something like that. Um, both, you know, St. Petersburg and Moscow were pretty filled. Um, 
and we know that, you know, people in Kiev are, you know, doing the same thing. So, yeah, just, you know, be, be good to each other, guys. We, we have one life and we have one planet. Um, you know, we're all, we're all one people regardless of where we're from. So, yeah. Uh, with that though, we are, uh, we are going to move into a really packed show. Um, yeah. I hate that we have to keep starting these on somber I notes. I know. Um, um and it, it's, it almost always coincides with when there's something massive to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, but it, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say like, it's, it sucks, but you know, I mean, I, I hope that we can be a welcome distraction, at least to at least yeah. some of you, because uh, this is this is pretty serious to, to so. all of you. I mean, th- this yeah. is even if even if you're not living over there, like the, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. This is the last two years have been, <clears throat> you know, just so emotionally taxing on yeah. all of us. Um, I think a lot of us who you know had empathy to give are pretty much drained now at this point. Yeah. Um, and for this to be happening when we're not even out of the woods with the global pandemic, uh, it's just kind of, it's and I, probably not the right phrase to use, but it's insult to injury. Um, it's just like, God damn the, you know, we're getting knocked down as a human race again, but yeah, we are, uh, you know, fingers crossed, God willing, we're, we're going to come out the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so as we move into the show, Josh, what, how do we want to do this? Do we want to do light spoiler free and then give let's, a spoiler warning or do we just yeah, want to, let's, uh, no, no, we're, we're, we're going to, we'll give some spoiler free impressions here for the first few minutes. All right. Um, I've got the timer going up here, but before that, Josh, I have show and tell you have show and tell. I also have show and tell. Yes. Okay. So, so remember Cade statue. Yes. Boom. God, that looks really good. Yeah. It it it's probably the best one since I, I wish he was holding Ace of Spades. But I know it's it's not on him sense. anywhere. That's I'm shocked. Weird. It's not even like in his holster. He just has his knife. Hmm. They they missed on that one. But yeah. But his stand, the stand has mm-hmm. like the ace of spades side, like the side of the gun on it. Okay. Okay. That's so, that's better. Uh, that's that's good. So I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. I wish it was in his holster, but you know, it's represented. But it's definitely super high quality. The cape is super high quality. It's like the cape is kind of like a stiff fabric instead of. Like, yeah, yeah. I can I can see you moving it pretty easily over there. Yeah. Um, instead of like the. And it, it's one of those. It's from Numskull, right? Yeah. 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 God, I just I, I'm super happy that I got the stranger a couple years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really like how Eris and Drifter look, uh, even seeing them in person. I'm like, hmm, pass. But Cade, I, I think it's just something about, you know, human characters. Just the, they can't quite do the faces justice. See, I think Eris looks better in person than she does on in pictures well, online. She also has kind of an obscured face, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has the cloth covering. So it kind of like you don't get like the real facial yeah. features, right? Okay. And okay. And like her like her the design of her outfit is actually very textured and very cool looking. But yeah. Drifter, I would have to say Drifter is like the worst bar none. He like just the human yeah. facial features just looks rough. Yeah. I wish that I had uh I mean the money really <laughs> isn't a problem, but I wish I had the space for the Sabathun one. I know. Um it has a it is eleven inches tall and it has almost a three foot wingspan. I know. It's awesome. 
that is just fucking wild. And uh, I was basically told if we lived in a house, I would maybe, you could maybe get it. Mm-hmm. But it basically was, do you want to get that or do you want to get the Gallerhorn when it comes out? And my girlfriend mm-hmm. really wants the Gallerhorn. Let me the tell Nerf you one? Yeah. Yeah. She really wants that. So I basically had to choose which expensive thing I was going to buy mm-hmm. for to be delivered like nine months later. And yeah. uh, she she is getting she's getting her Gallerhorn <laughs> with the promise that I will uh, sit down with a friend of ours who's an artist and repaint it to look like an actual like relook like either real Gallerhorn or Iron Gallerhorn, whichever one ends up being easier to do. Yeah. Um, we're gonna paint over all the orange and stuff like that with uh, some special matte paints. So cool. Uh, I also have show and tell though, Corey. Ooh. So I haven't been able to because it came in on Witch Queen Eve. Talking about things with giant wingspans. Oh, the mouse pad. I got the gigantic, absolutely gigantic Steel Series light up mat. Cool. Uh. Yeah, prime delivery man i saw i had friends who were ordering them from bungie and they're like it won't get delivered until april but people who ordered from amazon and from steel series are getting theirs like overnighted yeah um so i look forward to that i've never had a giant mouse pad and chelsea's initial reaction was that may be too big for the desk <laughs> it is not but it is pretty it's pretty huge and then uh, of course my collector's edition did come in that's awesome. Um, I like that it included a little stand you could put the ghost on so you don't always have to leave it on the music box. Yeah. Uh, but that is the only way it lights up is if the music box is plugged in. Right. Yeah. And um, the music box plays Sabathun's song, right? It plays Sabathun's song. There's a bunch of different puzzles to do with it, though, because there's little uh, uh, NFC tags yeah. on a lot of things in the collector's edition, as well as in the strange coin you can get from Bungie Rewards. Um, that actually gives you, if you tune it correctly, that gives you dialogue from Zer. Hmm. Uh, it's a really cool collector's edition, though. I've been enjoying the puzzles. We still haven't solved the final puzzle. It's been a time, time-gated ARG, uh, thing, but we all, you know, deciphered what the code was in the, the puzzles in the book, and, uh, everyone's kind of proceeding now. It seems to be another almost quarters of time situation where, okay, you got to decipher what your image is and then upload it with everyone else's. Um, it's It's been really cool, though. I, I love watching these. Nobody does a collector's edition like Bungie. Uh-huh. And I believe they have said that there's going to be, they're going to send out random emails mm-hmm. at the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to completely randomize it and you will have the chance to buy uh a third run of the collector's edition yeah i already signed up for an email you have to you uh, have to go to bungie.net and sign up or the bungie store okay okay so you have to go to the bungie store i would recommend if you are listening to this and you really want this collector's edition go do that as soon as possible yeah you have to go there and you go to the go to the like the the page listing of the collector's edition and you mm-hmm. have to you have to go to where it says notify me when it's available, and it takes you to a different page where it said where you have to enter your email, and like they could email you if you're picked. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But you, you know what? You know what's better than collector's editions, though, Corey. The game itself. The game itself. Wah! Like you said, not no spoilers for the first few minutes here. Um, we will yeah. tell you guys when we're going to go full spoilers. We'll put a, I'll put a timestamp in the in the in the code in the. Okay. Uh, in the description to let you guys know when we're going to start really talking about it because like 
I know like if you if you've played it and you want to hear like ju- you can just jump ahead right but uh, there's also a large audience who probably hasn't finished it yet uh yeah by the way a lot of new guardians listening to our show this past two weeks just want to shout out to the yes. to the tower casual blueberries out there thank you for being along on this ridiculous journey with us yeah seriously it means a lot Whew. I, sent, I sent you uh, the I sent you the numbers this morning i'm like oh my god dude what happened <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you you did. I was uh, I was definitely busy this morning when you sent that to me. Uh, we we got ice down in Texas again, so I was driving my girlfriend home from work. Um, but I saw those. I was like, my eye is just kind of like poked out of my skull. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, the Witch Queen, Corey. Yes, the Witch Queen. The Witch Queen. Um, so not non spoilers. Uh, this is the best campaign that Bungie's ever done. Mm-hmm. Far, far and away, this is the best campaign I, they've ever done. For, I would say for ever. Destiny. I would say I, almost ever. I, I do not. I will not say ever. I think it is almost. I think it's very hard for an FPS to go past Halo Two and Three, which stands so good on their own without needing to play the previous games. Um, this you can you can jump in and play Witch Queen without having played the other major expansions, but your enjoyment of Witch Queen is going to be amplified tenfold if you've been following the Hive story from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the culmination of all that. Like, we, Mark Noseworthy referred to this last week as uh, the Taken King 2. Like, if something could have a sequel, uh, if expansions could have sequels, this would be the Taken King 2. Mm-hmm. I don't... I get where the idea came from and the sentiment kind of behind that because it does feel very Taken King-esque at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I don't think it, I don't think it does. I don't think it feels like Tank King at all. Uh, except for if you're fighting Hive. We'll get into it in the spoilers area, but um, I just like that opening mission was very reminiscent of the Taken King. Um, just overall, I mean the the design, the the skyboxes, the layout of the public spaces, the layout of the missions. Uh, Joasis uh, tweeted at us and said it feels like every mission could be a dungeon, basically. And I agree with that. It feels like almost every mission feels like they could be a strike, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, agree with that. 100%. Especially on the legendary difficulty. Mm-hmm. This this is where Bungie shined. Um, I have the disclaimer. Uh, Corey, you played it on normal because you played yeah. solo. I played on, well. Um, I played on normal because I wanted to finish before <laughs> before yeah. we had the show tonight, and I don't. I have a very limited time where I can like try to fit it in. Right. Uh, I mean, if I hadn't had the last two days off, there's no way I would have been able to do it um, on legendary before now. It's when when you look at it, I think the difficulty on legendary, the scaling difficulty is kind of wild. Like it is hard no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um. There were some times where uh, I, I went through the campaign, full disclosure, with our friends Nerd Generalist and Colonel Panic, and there were a few times where we had to stop and kind of like reconsider our strategy. It never felt like overwhelming, but mm-hmm. there were definitely times that we got wiped just because we were being careless or not being smart. You have one res token per person. You have like 25 seconds to get to them at most. Oh, it's that? Um, it's that hard that you have res tokens? You have one res token oh. each. 
gross. Your light will fade if you do not get them up within 25, 30 seconds. Man. Um, match game is not technically on, but there is a version of ma- a lesser version of it that's on. Mm-hmm. Um, and with four shield types now, it can be a little hard to coordinate that. But you're trying to, you also want to like melt the bosses as soon as they show up because otherwise they're a gigantic pain in the ass. Uh, just the encounters felt really smart this time. It wasn't just like, oh, let's run in and nuke the boss. You can't always do that. Several of them had health bars, and they split up the fights, of course. Then there were other ones you could just... You could try to nuke, but on Legendary, you're probably not nuking them more than you are managing the insane amount of mobs that are coming at you. Um, Now, I have clearly not had the same experience as other people with the Hive Guardians, because I've seen so many people say, like, oh, they're, they're so difficult. They're so hard to fight. They're so hard to fight. I have never really felt that. I guess it's because when I see one of them, I just dump heavy or I immediately pop my super on them. Uh, because they were they never felt... A pr- there, is one, there is one part towards the end of the game, and it's the only time that I felt that it was genuinely difficult to fight them. And that was more of a circumstance of what, what else was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in, like, open world, in the strikes, and I mean, granted, we're playing the base level strikes, right? Like, I'm sure as we get into Grandmasters, I'm going to be cursing at this. I get into the raid and I see them, I'm going to be cursing. Um, even in Battlegrounds, they Battlegrounds is really the first place where I've, I would say I've had some issues with them. But, I mean, they have added a great new dynamic to the game, I think. They have changed the way that I approach encounters. Um... Especially that stupid wizard. <laughs> but I can't tell you the amount of times that the uh, the hunter super would wipe us because, we again, we weren't anywhere near cover. Or that the sentinel shield would just fly in out of nowhere and take out, like, two of us. Um, it really forced us to get smart and think about our loadouts, think strategies. Don't group up together, but don't spread out too far either. Uh-huh. And it is it's just one thing after another. Um, the the open world of the throne world, though, uh. just by itself, even without doing the deep sight challenges and whatnot, yeah, is the most unique open world that we've gotten. I mean, probably since the Dreaming City. Yeah, um, it looks so the different. Moon, the it... moon does not compare, and Europa is well, Europa um this it looks so different it's it looks so unique like the like the white bricks with like the red kind of flowery flowery leaves and yeah yeah even the even the structures of all the buildings like they look like hive but they look like sophisticated hive architecture and it's just it's one of the most gorgeous things i've seen in destiny like ever i think yeah, it, it's kind of striking how the palace looks compared to most of the patrol area, which is much more swampy mm-hmm. and darkness infested. And they, I mean, they they explain that, and it's mm-hmm. we're we're kind of bordering on spoiler territory here, but it is really, really, really good. Yeah, um, I I enjoy it. I, I was telling Corey, I lost track of time. I thought I, I was like, ah, oh, I've got some time. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna I'm gonna bang out some throne world rep. And next thing I know, I look down and oh shit, I've been running around for like 45 minutes and I'm about to be late to record the show. Mm-hmm. 
that it's one of those things. Like I, I have found myself continually saying just one more, just one more, just one more, just one more. Um, you know, a couple nights in a row now. Uh, we're back to classic Destiny, but this is the best that the game. And I think this is the best structured campaign, the best pace. There's no filler missions. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a campaign. Or, like it, yeah, it feels there, like a... eight or nine real missions, and there's mm-hmm. a few like the glaive tutorial, right? Uh, the glaive crafting tutorial. The <clears throat> and there's a few missions you have to undertake within the throne world that. You could probably be like, oh, these are fetch quests, but mm-hmm. they give you such important story information that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like that. Yeah, it's not and like, like you, you still have to puzzle solve on your way and things like that. And those, those are areas you keep going back to post campaign because just when the story ends, there's actually a post game here that actually matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like there's no there's no mission that is really like. Remember in Forsaken when like you went to like when you went to Spider and he's like, oh, you have to complete five bounties, right? There's nothing like there's nothing really like that in this campaign. Really, you know? Yeah. So I, that that's what I like really liked. I was like, oh, man, there's there's none. There's none of this like filler garbage, you know? Yeah, there there's no filler garbage. Um, but. So we've kind of given about all, I feel like we talk about kind of all we can at this point. Yeah. Because the meat of what we really want to talk about is we want to talk about the revelations in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, what comes after mm-hmm. um, some of these wet, some of these wacky weapons, uh, quest weapons. We're, we're going to kind of leave embargoed, uh, even though I know a lot of you guys will have had them by the time we talk about them. You know, we want to give Corey time to experience the missions organically and not have to sprint through them. Mm-hmm. And some of these are, pretty long haul quests mm-hmm. um so i think kind of the game plan right now is we're, tonight we're gonna do full campaign spoilers next week we're gonna talk uh about the seasonal story really dive into a lot of that maybe into some of the exotic quests we've been able to do and then the week after obviously continue with exotics seasonal story etc cetera, etc cetera. um and crafting as we uncover more about crafting we're gonna talk about that each week as well um we will do a special raid episode crammed somewhere between weeks two and three. Yeah. Uh, after World's First is done, but after our first clear, but before that next week's episode, we will squeeze a raid episode in. So that way, if you want to go in unspoiled, no raid talk, it'll be in a special episode. Yeah. So with that, this is full spoilers from this point onward for the rest of the episode. Yep. Um, just you, you have been, you have been forewarned from this point on. In this episode and in future episodes, it is full spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so you you have been warned, and I'm really sorry, but this is a Destiny show. We like to talk about the lore. We like to talk about the story. We got to cover that. It's a living podcast, guys. It's a living podcast. Yeah. It, it, it's a live <laughs> podcast. Live service. Live service podcast. Uh, man, we're, the beginning of this campaign. Uh, you know, drop it drops you on Mars. We see that real, we see the cutscene of you know Ikora seeing the throne world appear, and you are immediately dropped onto Mars because the Cabal are planning to attack the throne world, mm-hmm. and you have to fight through Keitel, a small army that Keitel has put on the ground. Uh, which is how the seasonal story ties in. Is she's seeking retribution for what you what you specifically did. Um, you basically jeopardized the entire, uh, 
I don't want to say alliance, but partnership between the Cabal and humanity. Um, pretty much on Ikora and Eris's orders. They're like, nope, fuck it. Kill them all. Kill them all. You got to get on that ship. Kill them all. And it's it gets a little it gets a little nutty, but you sh when you shoot yourself out of that cannon, mm -hmm. that was like I you've already had a jaw drop moment when you're seeing the planet being changed and being terraformed, kind of touched yeah. by light in a lot of ways. Yeah. Fields on Mars, that's a little funky. Yeah, like and I feel like opening, you're like running through this cornfield. I'm like, this is yeah, this is weird. Like, uh, this where's is, Matthew McConaughey? This yeah. is Interstellar. Where's Where's uh, Field of Dreams? Yeah. Oh, dude, if fucking Field of Dreams showed up in Destiny, I'd be so happy. <laughs> um, but it's it's really great. You you get this holy shit moment when you launch yourself out of that cannon up onto the throne world. It was so reminiscent of the Taken King when you crash Eris's ship onto the Dreadnoughts. And just getting into the throne world, going in through the sewers, jumping around, finding these secret alcoves, it's like okay, this really does feel like Taken King 2.0, and then it really just takes on its own... It takes its own shape after that. Op that opening mission is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean... Finch. We gotta talk about Finch. Yeah, we gotta talk about Finch. Finch is We gotta talk Finch about my great. boy Finch. Finch, God, can we replace the Nolan bot with Finch, please? Yeah. Can we, like... like... Why is everyone's ghost better than ours? That's, that's just how it goes, man. We... Dude, it's so it's so bad. It, it, Savathun has a better ghost than us. Finch is a better ghost. <laughs> and you you can tell right away glint. they're planting uh, glint. Yeah, fucking glint. Geppetto is silent and he's better than ours. <laughs> Sagira, um, Sagira. God, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll get the Sagira here in a second. But just these very strange things that happen, like. You know something is going to happen with Finch's Guardian at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether it's in this expansion or for like an Avengers Assemble moment, mm -hmm. that Guardian is showing up at some point. Yeah. I have a I have theories when we get talk about uh when we get to like who re, when the reveal of the witness happens, but I have some thoughts when we get there. I, I think it's wild that. So we, we, we learned two really key things. Just so y'all, there's no lore corner tonight because we're going to talk so much story Yeah. in, in this. The but story is the lore. The story really is the lore. It, it's the most accessible story, too. I saw so many people saying, like, I've never really cared about the story because it's so much lore. It's so much extra reading. They don't show you enough in the cutscenes or this and that. And now they're going, oh, my God. Like, I, I think it was uh, Ascendant Nomad was like, I, I don't care about the story usually. But he's like, I was so compelled by the Witch Queen story. And it's like uh your your girlfriend hey babe ready for date night yep <laughs> strap in babe we're watching four hours of my name is bife videos <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, i watched so much bife this past like i don't know a week and a half. shout out to bife while we're here uh, dynasty, go watch by dynasty by the way go yeah. watch dynasty incredible absolutely incredible yeah if you want to get like kind of caught up on like who salvathun is and the in the hive like the whole story about the osnium court yeah, yeah you need to go watch dynasty on my name my name is bife's channel i will yeah. link that in the description as well it is really good i yeah man god it just uh finding out that the ghosts that are there are there willingly 
that there were ghosts that were becoming disconcerted with uh, the way that Guardians were handling things and mm-hmm. chose to align with the Hive. Yeah. But on top of that, uh, that there are ghosts who can refuse to revive their Guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, Finch absolutely... Re- and th- there is a story behind why he's missing one of his arms. Yeah. And I'm sure that's going to be exposed <clears throat> later on this season. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there'll be some quest in which we'll find that out, uh, certainly before Lightfall. But he, he's missing one of them, and I can't help but feel that Finch probably should have been the ghost model that we got in the Collector's Edition. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I was like, oh, well, Finch is clearly the ghost that you get, but then I looked at the model, I'm like, no, this ghost is, has all four of its arms. Yeah. Finch should have... I, I think they just didn't want to spoil like a story moment. I'm assuming oh, that's I, like the I'm only sure reason they did. I'm absolutely sure that they didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's really cool. It's really neat. And when you start thinking about this, you're going, Oh my God. Like, and then it becomes, why are the scorn here? And this is something that's very much shrouded throughout the game. They kind of indirectly confirm it a few times when you first start hearing about the witness and you start getting this impression that the scorn are more organized than they've ever been before. Because, Finch starts talking to you while you're on some of your missions. And Ikora's kind of listening in, you know. He, he's so happy to be an honorary part of the Vanguard, as he keeps saying. <laughs> it's he's so, so desperate to be accepted. I, I can't help but think that him and Osiris may team up down the line. Yeah. Um, or him and Hawthorne or something. Like, I could see him going to one of these lightless God. guardians. Um, Hawthorne. There, there, there's Amanda so Holiday needs a ghost, too. Ah, Amanda Holiday absolutely needs a ghost. But he he goes, you know, well, somebody is leading them and is instructing them to be interfering with the pyramid and this and that. And they're like, and Ghost immediately goes, is it Fickrell? We handled him. You know, he he was, you know, he was spotted a while back and we handled him. And he's like, no, no, this isn't Fickrell. Like, he knows who Fickrell is. He's like, no, no, it's it's not him. It's it's something else. Something I don't I don't know. And so he's on this mission with you. This game is very much an investigation. It's true detective destiny in a lot of ways. Yeah. I We did not use the evidence board to the degree that I thought we were going to during the campaign. Yeah. It's very weird that almost all of that is post-game material. Well, I also wonder have... if that's going to fill out in, through the entire expansion. Um, It might. Right now, it's looking like as you complete those investigations, that is what's... There's an exotic quest there that will unlock. That is the Glaive quest. Okay. Um, It sounds like that's what we're kind of building to. But there's so many nods to if you've been following the Hive story all along. The Dark Blade is back, but he's the Light Blade now. Yeah. And it's the exact opposite of that fight. Yeah, it's it's super bright in there. It's fluorescent now. Great. Uh, still, every bit is annoying, but I will almost guarantee you a special version of that is how we craft those exotic glaives. Mm. Uh, because his ghost also leaves him behind and escapes. So where are these ghosts the, going? They are so fickle. There's three of them that we know of. <laughs> But as you as you get further and further in there, there's some truly jaw dropping moments. I, I think one, the first massive one for me is when you go to the pyramid on Europa mm-hmm. and you're exploring the inside of it. It's definitely the most we've ever explored the inside of one. Normally, it's like, oh, let's run up some stairs and we're done. Right. 
just how massive the inside God, of this thing is. So and big. now I'm like, this makes sense why there's a raid inside of a pyramid. Yeah, they're, they're huge. They're massive. They're huge. The pyramid very clearly thinks on its own, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, because, like, help us out and fight the cabal. But yeah, because the there's that one immediately hates us again. Yeah, because there's that one uh, segment where, like, the pyramid is kind of helping you and Ghost warns you, like, maybe the pyramid is, like, trying to manipulate you. Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you watch your status screen in the lower left hand corner, it will say the pyramid is shifting uh-huh. and it pops up walls and takes them down based on the phases that you're currently in. Uh-huh. It is really, really, really interesting. Um, I think as you when you continue along in the story, you get to this fortress of Savathun's. And let me tell you something. The boss fight that you have down there with the stupid... All of his all of his minions are snipers, by the way, which is the worst thing ever on Legendary. We were dying as soon as we loaded in. Um, you kill him and you think it's all over. You get, you, get the, you get the calcified worm and you go to escape. And ladies and gentlemen, that is an Ahamkara. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> the scream that left my mouth... Uh, seeing that, oh my god. And then you find out eventually it's just an illusion. But a very convincing one, and then you have a very Halo-esque pike escape. Yeah. Um, I really can't help but wish that the pike escape had been in the final mission. But I get why it wasn't. Um, it, it feels like it has a degree of finality around it. But, you know, you, you work your way through and then you get to the final mission. This final mission, ladies and gentlemen... On Legendary, this is some bullshit. This is some absolute bullshit. (laughs) So we all know about the scaling difficulty, but let me tell you something. That courtyard fight uh, was fucking bonkers. We finally just decided to each take a corner of the arena inside the buildings and take pot shots where we could Mm -hmm. and hope that we could manipulate where the ogre would spawn and just, oh, as soon as the ogre spawns, like whoever's over on the side of the ogre is going to run away or if somebody else has a clean shot, take out the ogre for that person while they're drawing Sabathun's fire. Multiple times we got her pretty close to being dead and then she summons those guardians. We had like three or four of them on Legendary that spawned and it's the only time the guardians ever gave us trouble. But I will tell you right now, watching joe and the titan knight go shield to shield is one of the most glorious things i've ever seen yeah is it, uh, they is, were was both it just, just as, swinging back and was forth. it just as cool as the moment in the trailer where they kind of man showed it? i think it was cooler i really needed some fucking star wars music playing <laughs> I, I needed the anakin versus obi-wan music from revenge of the sith to be playing because that's what was going through my mind and we're like uh, nerd and I are over there just like with the little ammo we have left trying to like shoot primary or throw grenades to help him. <laughs> we were like, Joe, pull back. He's like, no, I've got this. <laughs> and it was just going all in. And then of course, Savathun appears right above him. And thank God we had a little bit of heavy left. Uh, going into the, going into her realm as much as you do in the story and in that final mission is a really unique twist to, Hey, we're already in her throne world. And we know she's not really dead. Like, we haven't entered the Ascendant Plane to kill her. Right. So she's not truly dead. It's unclear if she's lost her connection to the Ascendant Plane since she no longer has her worm. But I think the revelations we get in that final mission, this is where I really want to focus the bulk of our discussion right now. 
that Mara's ritual did in fact work. Um, when she separated and she tried to kill Sabathun, she essentially did. Separating the worm killed Sabathun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find that she had been hiding Osiris on the outskirts of the last city. That was the rune she had switched places with. So he was literally like right there the whole time. Yeah. Now, as for who was watching over him, who the fuck knows? But that's kind that's kind of wild to me. And she dies basically cursing the traveler. Yeah. Um, you know, like I've, I've pursued you for eons, you know, first to destroy you, then to basically get you to she's essentially saying notice me senpai. Yeah. The traveler. <laughs> she dies and then her ghost shows up and Maro shows up and uh reses her for the first time. Yeah. So she she doesn't exactly have her memories. We actually end up giving them back to her. Yeah. That's the like the whole the that's like a lot of the plot of the campaign is like yeah. we her tricking you into giving her her memories yeah. back. Uh so the truth, like we talk survive the truth. Um the the truth is that the traveler resurrected her for a yet pretty unknown reason we don't actually know why and i assume that's part of the mystery that's going to play out uh over the rest of the year i have my own personal theories but i need i need Corey to do a specific quest before i can share those uh on this show and because even though i said we were going full spoilers i'm gonna hold off on this particular quest until next week um because I do think we actually get somewhat of an answer almost right away from the quest you're given at the end of the campaign. And when you finally beat Sabathun, she basically is like, well, I hope you fare better against the witness than I did. Okay, bye. I'm done. I'm dead. Yeah. And her ghost escapes. Ikora's like, you know, the hidden will secure her and this and that. And Man, where are you planning on putting her? Because yeah. right now, it's looking like the dark future is still going to come to pass with the destruction <laughs> of the tower. If you've got Sabathun's body somewhere in there with her ghost on the loose. Right. Why would you take her back Blades, there? Yeah, why? the Dark Blade's ghost is on the loose. What, are you going to lay her back in like the hangar back behind St. 14? Like, it, where are you going to put let's, her? Let's, let's be honest. She, the Vanguard doesn't think shit through. They're going to like mount her where the Guardian Games trophy is. I mean, yeah, probably. And then be surprised when she tries to kill them in an end-of-the-year event. Right. Um, you, you, you see this, and you're like, oh, okay. And then you get the final cutscene. And this final cutscene is so cool at first. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, there's this tall, imposing figure. Mm-hmm. Getting, like, real, like, Darth Vader and Grand Admiral Thrawn vibes here. Like, oh, hell yeah. Like, let's the go. Smoke, the smoke, kind of ghostly smoke coming out of his head with, like, skulls in it. Yeah, that that's cool. And then you see his face, and he looks like fucking Megamind. Yeah, that's what Bife said. <laughs> he looks like, and I, I've had to explain to multiple people over the last 24 hours who Megamind is. Oh, I know and who Megamind is. You have a child, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew who Megamind was before that. I mean, he looks like he looks like fucking Megamind, and it's so distracting. He looks so, like he looks so different compared to everything else in this game. Like I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. This is. We're gonna learn. We're definitely learning more about him over the course of the year. In fact, I suspect we'll learn more about him in the raid. Um. If I can share it, it's basically confirmed to be a scorn raid at this point. Yeah. Um, scorn raid inside the pyramid. Vow of the disciple. Mm-hmm. 
I have to wonder if the Disciple is one of his followers that we're going to fight one of these guys for the first time. Maybe put a name to the species. I don't think it's the Veil anymore. I don't think it'll be the Veil. I thought so like that image where like he kind of like the travelers behind this like it looks like this waterfall type thing. Yeah. Right? And like it starts opening. I was like, this is the veil. This is the veil. It's literally a veil opening. And then it just shows the pyramid ships. I'm like, oh, I got really the pyramid ships. But he's got like the planets swirling around him. Like, yeah, straight up confirms like I have taken Io, Titan and Mercury. Yeah. Uh, the city or the, the species of soul need to be delivered from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this bullshit. You have, man, you have to assume that the last city is going to fall. At least the tower is going to get destroyed again. Uh, I I was saying how much I would love if we, because we see, we've seen hints of it now two weeks in a row. We saw St. 14 pop a bubble for us and we saw Ikora show up and hurl a Nova bomb. Mm Mm-hmm. In the final mission. Mm-hmm. I want more NPCs showing up like that. Give yeah. me a final fight in the tower. Against like. His, against like the witnesses army. Or against Samathun. Mm-hmm. If he, what if, if like. He's res. What if like. Uh, uh, Zavala and Saint are on like two separate sides. It becomes like some sort of like. Almost like a raid mechanic. God. Where like. They're both popping bubbles. And like. You know. You have your fire team of like six maybe it's maybe it is like a raid mechanic and like they're the ones popping the bubbles and you have your two fire teams of three like on each side taking out these guys i i would scream i would absolutely scream like yeah i i don't know amanda flies by and drops a payload icora can shot icora has a well in the middle or something yeah and then like the mechanic like in a mechanic where like you like when you complete this stage of the mechanic maybe Maybe Lord Saladin comes in with his big fire axe. You, uh, uh, dude, just imagine he comes in and you hear the wolves howl and yeah. you get Iron Banner perks. Yeah, or like, and then like, if you do it on one side, it's it's Lord Saladin doing the the huge hammer. But on the other side, if you do it, it's Shaxx coming in to do the do a striker titan. Ah, uh, a thunder strike. Ah, just sounds cool in my head. It's, man, it, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible to think that we could get something like that in the future. I did take this, no way is this gospel, you know, but it makes me think the dark future has not been completely averted. It's been simply delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, Aramis, I don't think is completely dead. She's just frozen. Yeah. Aramis could still come back. Um, I, it, clearly our alliance with Keitel is on very fragile grounds. Clearly. Um, but I mean, maybe Keitel isn't the one who turns on us, and that maybe it's Callus who comes back, yeah, and leads a fleet. Um, that he's aligned with the darkness and has been he, it's been said that he's glimpsed the face of the darkness mm-hmm. before. Uh, maybe he comes and is like, Yep, yeah, fuck you. The Leviathan shows up, and he's like, Let's do it. Um, I, the other big revelation that we get is that the traveler had arrived at Fundament mm-hmm. and was going to bless the krill. Uh, the, the proto-hive, essentially, uh, was going to bless it with its light, uh, like it did the Elixni and later to humanity. But the witness interfered, and the hive basically are all a lie. Mm-hmm. They were all led there on a lie of the witness. And to have 
I would say arguably our biggest enemies essentially be, I don't want to say frauds, but everything that they know is a lie. And that's what you try to use as a weapon against Sabathun. And she just doesn't want to listen. She seems to accept it in her final moments mm -hmm. of what's happened when she tells us that it now falls to us to fight the witness. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're done. I mean, clearly we're not done with Sabathun. They're not going to waste oh, that no, character. No. no. The question is, when she comes back, does she come back as the enemy of the enemy is my friend, or is she an actual ally? Right. Um, I feel like she's not gone, I, but I, I feel like her ghost is going to be, like, the evil thing that we have to kill, ultimately. Well, I mean, like, um, her ghost gets away. She's not, like, she. he could come back at any time and res her, right? Like, that's not a... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he could res her, but I think that, yeah, if he does, she's going to be like, Psh, you're done. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it just feels like... I, the, the mental image of her, Keitel, and Zavala having a war council is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and, like, have throw, throw Mithrax in there, too. And Mithrax and, like, Marasov. And just, like, all right, here's a war council of the remaining species who have aligned together. Right. Um, Just how crazy... And, like, the Guardian is just, like, chilling there, emoting. Yeah. Uh, it really did suck me out so many times in the story that I have a I have the inflatable shark ghost on. Oh yeah! And every single serious scene, there's a <laughs> there's like a close up <laughs> on that fucking inflatable ghost. That's hilarious. I have the oh, uh, God. I have the Game Boy ghost on right now. My favorite is when you when the final cutscene with Sabathu and when she's dying, you're holding your primary weapon at mm -hmm. her. I'm like, buddy, listen, Chroma Rush ain't doing shit to her. It didn't do shit in that fight. You better pull this, pull that sleeper stimulant back out <laughs> and have that in one hand, have a door in the other hand, and be ready to go. Because you're going to probably have to kill her again. Um, I just, the way that they handled the storytelling with the revelations the characters that are a part of it, whether they're minor or major, get a chance to shine. Mm -hmm. This is really Ikora's expansion in a lot of ways. But even then, she... I don't want to say she takes a back seat. She very much is providing the commentary and the mission the mission overlay for you. Mm -hmm. This is really a story about your Guardian finding out what happened. Like, the Vanguard basically yeah. has deputized you and is like, you're basically our most trusted agent at this point. Yeah. Like, she, when Ikora is like, welcome to the hit, and I'm like, am I getting some armor from them or what? Because, right. let me tell you something, canonically, they don't like my Guardian because I didn't rat out Drifter to them. Right. Uh, I sided with the Drifter. I was yeah. not going to be a space cop. <laughs> but it... It handles the integration of the minor characters so much better than previous games did. So, like, if if Petra is your guide through Forsaken, which she largely is, Petra and Spider are. Mm -hmm. If Eris is it for Shadowkeep, if Elsie is for Beyond, Elsie and Varix are for Beyond Light. This one really lets Ikora and Finch shine. Mm -hmm. Eris still gets a couple moments. Zavala. I mean, when are we going to get Zavala as a main character in expansion is what I want to know. Like, especially the, the Zavala that we all like now, too. I, I It's probably, it's got to be it's like... It's got to be Lightfall. I mean, I think it's got to be the final shape because he's like the leader. You want the leader to go in and be there with you, I think, almost. Well, judging by the last time we got invaded and he threw a little bitch fit 
And we had to really convince him. We had to convince him to leave Titan of all places, man. I would have been on the first ship off of there. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have even gone there. To, dude, we had to convince him to leave a hive nest, essentially. Like, that's how bad it was. I don't know if I want, if I want, like, pre-Shadowkeep Zavala coming back. And I'm a little afraid that this may bring him out. Uh, the, the the story quests that we go on and the beats that we go on is really unlike anything they've done in Destiny. Like, it's the most engaging campaign, but it's also the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. Getting the double reward chests in Legendary, first off, made you feel like you were always progressing. But they mm-hmm. were giving you upgrade modules the entire way so you could keep infusing into your preferred gear mm-hmm. set i use my it's full like that. set of armor and my best weapons the entire time yeah it's like that in uh in in the normal campaign too you get upgrade modules and yeah it, you, you can just keep going well i mean imagine so imagine what you're getting out of that chest and then multiply that by two yeah no I'm, that's, that's awesome we're getting like multiple times in a uh, in a mission and it's completely and totally worth it by the way yeah uh, to keep doing it i really 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 like what they did here this is how and this is how difficulty i I should say i know we're kind of all over the place sharing thoughts but this is how difficulty should feel in endgame content Mm -hmm. i would be fine if you took champions out and just added more elites more ultras more things that i can't just brute force through Mm -hmm. and not things that you're going to make me fight with arbitrary weapons that as indicated by the patch notes the stunners don't even work half the time right um there's nothing fun about that for anybody right i would rather have this all day long but give me those rewards like i'm killing myself to do do harder activities and to make it through give me more rewards this is a loot based game and now with crafting and with having to use the crafting guns to unlock the blueprints like crafting is cool but i really cannot see people investing too much time unless this is their main game because there is just it's so much work to get the blueprints as it is. Like the world mm-hmm. drops, fine, you'll get there eventually. Throwing world weapons, you'll get there eventually. Seasonal weapons, etc. The raid weapons and the weapons that come from the Wellspring activity are just gonna be a slog to be able to craft. Like at that point, man, just give me all of my perks right away. I had to get five of each of these guns. That's a little crazy. Yeah. Um, the glaive. Uh, the glaive, the glaive feels awesome. Yeah, I didn't it's really cool. use it until uh, last night. I did not use it at all in our legendary mm-hmm. run. I was not going to be did that you, guy. Did you see Paul's tweet today? He's like, "I feel bad for all of you who went through legendary without the suppressive glaive." <laughs> yeah, we uh, we thought about that afterwards, and I was like, "Damn, that would have actually really helped in a lot of places." Yeah. Um, especially the final fight, but it wasn't like the wor- it wasn't the worst decision I've ever made. I'm glad that there's no, like, meta way to get through Legend. Like, it's just, it is what it is. Like, you're going to have to work for it, and they've made it to where you have to. You can unlock replayable story missions by upgrading with Finch, and there's an there's a difficulty above that. There is, uh, so there's Hero, there's Legend, and then there's Master for the replayable missions. Doing the daily Master one, I think, I don't know if it's daily or weekly, rewards you with the like exotic weapon crafting core oh nice yeah so which you need for some of these um matt i mean that's wild Uh, man i i can really like i i'm struggling to get my thoughts together because it's so overwhelming it feels like a genuinely brand new game yeah 
I was uh, uh, I was talking to some people who were like kind of interested, in, like not like they were like non Destiny players, really. Like yeah. they they play you know a couple times a year, they'll check in or whatever. Uh, I was like, this this is probably the closest thing to like a Destiny three that we're gonna get, and it's for awesome. a while. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this really does feel like we. I know we said it about Beyond Light, like oh, this would have been Destiny three. This feels like a true Destiny three. If well, Lightfall is going to be this quality, please feel free to take fifteen months on it. Yeah. 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 I I just I don't. It, it is one of the absolute coolest things. It has been to see the reception, the legendary campaign, and I think the campaign in general, just been so like critically and commercially lauded over the last 48 hours Mm -hmm. that I never thought I would see a destiny campaign get this reception, but man, I would not be shocked if at the end of the year, we're talking about Witch queen for narrative of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, That would not surprise me at all. And Bungie, we, I think we all had our doubts like, man, you're going to launch that sandwiched right between horizon forbidden West and Elden ring. Good luck. And they somehow stuck the landing and then more like I've, I've seen so many people say like, oh normally i blow through the story and i do my power leveling so i can do the raids i'll do the raids a few times and i'll kind of bow out for a while but people saying like i'm genuinely interested in what comes after campaign in these quests that are given to us in the investigation board in uh, you know the the parasite quest the uh there's a new presage style mission up for this season uh you know there, there's all these things and like oh i'm engaged in the seasonal storyline i gotta see what happens next there there's so many things and it feels like they're just, they've been listening to the feedback and delivering exactly what we wanted. This is what I want. And I can go replay the missions at will, the mm-hmm. main missions. Mm-hmm. I don't have to wait for a rotation or anything. Right. Add a node like this to every single destination, to every, every campaign that's still in the game. So beyond light and shadow. Let mm-hmm. me pick if I want to go play one of those missions again. Yeah. And incentivize me to do it. Like the loot feels more rewarding than it ever has. Oh yeah. I love how, like when you go through the campaign, how like after every kind of like major encounter, there's a, there's literally a chest that opens, you know, it's great. It feels like, it feels like I'm being rewarding. I'm being rewarded for progressing. Well, I mean, they reward exploration in this game too, in the throne world, anything you do in the throne world, opening up a little chest that you find on the ground, boom, that's 20 points cool the bounties give you 50 a piece the repeatables i think give you 20 or 30 um uncovering deep sight secrets will usually lead you to a chest or to like a hidden enemy i i i did one of the deep sight things earlier and there was a scorn body that appeared next to me a dead scorn body and i had a prompt to scan it and that started a trail that looked like the wrathborn trails and i followed that into a whole nother area and then when i got to the end of the path all of a sudden it dropped a hive guardian on like literally on top of me and I wasn't in a darkness or anything, but like I dodged out of the way, fired off my super real fast. Boom. It's dead. And I got this token that you can use. That's part of a quest, but you have to do these. You can only do one per day and you have to hunt them. You have to do investigations on them, but it's a whole new quest that I haven't heard anybody talk about yet. I was just like, what is this game? The strikes feel fresh and creative you're riding that boat it feels like you're doing a halo 2 level on the gondolas and and then it just drops it it just disappears and you have to go through the swamp you're bogged down by darkness the crota lanterns are there 
you go do the other strike and you're inside the pyramid, you know, you're fighting into the, I guess, underbelly of the pyramid or the city of darkness, excuse me. Like that's almost certainly where the raid is starting at Mm -hmm. this point. Yeah. The amount of things that they thought of, this is the best design game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the best, the best, the best design world expansion campaign, etc. Like, when we say they're firing on all cylinders, this is what we mean, and that's we haven't even talked about how good the glaive feels. We haven't talked about how Osteostriga feels, the the pre-order exotic SMG that is stupid broken. Yeah, it's oh. it's stupid. It's ridiculous. I haven't gotten to talk about my pulse rifle with headstone yet. Ooh, you um, got a pulse rifle with headstone? I crafted a pulse rifle Ooh, with headstone. Look at you. But, like, how they've replaced Masterworks. You can Masterwork your traits now in crafting. And they'll give you more benefit. And you get to those perks by, yes, you have to purchase them eventually. But you get to them by just using the weapons. And it is just so rewarding time and time and time again. Like, I've already sat down and gone, well, I want this perk and this perk for this gun, but I, w- I only want to go for the enhanced one, so I'll suffer through with a much lesser version until I get that. Impulse amplifier on the glaive. Life-changing. Absolutely life- life-changing right there. But that that's great. That mean, your, your projectiles shoot fast, so it's like, a, it's like a speeding bullet. It's like, bam, 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 bam. It's so cool. I can't, and I can't get over how they actually found a way to make weapon crafting part of the story. Savathun was searching for the relic, but like we, you know, and the witness chose to reveal Mars to us. He was like, oh, well, I don't like Savathun. So here you guys go. I'm going to throw you a bone. I'm going to show you where she is. That's just, that's crazy. Yeah. This is all just the most, there's a, there's like a new truth to power style lore book hanging out your, in your lore sections that you'll unlock from playing the campaign. Mm-hmm. Somebody, and I, th- I think that they're the first messages from either the witness or the disciple, yeah. uh, trying to goad us essentially into killing Osiris, yeah. into killing Keitel and Zavala, and Ikora. There's a message that purports to, purports to be from uh, Toland in there. So whoever it is has clear knowledge of the Ascendant realm. Yeah. And of our dealings. That uh, wants to, you know, betray Crow and Marasov. And it, it, it's absolutely wild. It's and crazy. I can't wait to see how this season unfolds. How do we get from where we are now to Lightfall? Because right. we have a path forward at the end. And I think that the post-campaign content you get really starts building that bridge. Mm -hmm. But I like that they're doing the blocks here instead of in a season. Right. Like, everyone's going to get those blocks no matter what. If they play past the campaign ending, you're going to get just stuff shoved down your throat. Yeah. There are more memories of Sabathun to witness after you've, uh, after you finish the campaign. Yeah. That's a weekly thing. I just, I, I don't, and this was without having a lot of the people that they've now hired mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, this was developed entirely from home, of course. Yeah. And it's shocking that it's the best one that they've had. But I think that should be a lesson. Take your time. Let mm-hmm. it come out when it comes out. And I know that's hard with a seasonal model. And I do suspect that we're back kind of on track. They want to permanently release in January or February every year. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I, I just I can't keep enough praise on this. Yeah. I, I mean, this the, it feels the lost sectors are amazing. It 
Like, like I know we kind of said that this would be on light, but this really in like since arrivals really like they've been on this great path of storytelling, but like uh-huh. this, this feels like they are where they want to be a thousand percent, right? Even the season, like even the seasonal storyline ties directly into the campaign stuff, right? Which is like something that like didn't happen with beyond light, like season of the hunt did not feel like it was connected to beyond light at all. Yeah, I mean, and Undying was very loosely tied. It was tied to the raid, and that was it. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that whole thing went fucking nowhere. Yeah. But it's, a- it's crazy when you look at the evolution of seasons from Undying to where we are now. In a, in about a, oh, a little over two years span, about two and a half years span. Hell, I'll even take from Worthy, which was two years ago. I'll yeah. take the, the change that we've had over two years. And, I mean, of course, we know that our rivals followed that up, and... Hunt may have been bad activity and loot-wise, but it was a banger for lore. Yeah. It's a banger for story. And you got Harbinger out of that as well. Like, there's so many things that were consequential in that season. We got Crow's whole story that I was willing to overlook that. And then, of course, the last three seasons. Absolute bangers. Just please never, ever, 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 ever have a six-month season again. Yeah because <laughs> they make it sound like all oh, this time has passed since Sabathun's exorcism and I'm like uh buddy I did this like six days ago yeah <laughs> so yeah also by the way shout out to the void subclass stuff that's what I wanted to get to next anyways void 3.0 man oh my but, gosh wait, take me take me through the life of a titan in void 3.0 I mean, just like experimenting with everything. I don't even like I feel kind of like overwhelmed a little bit just because like I I'm I was I'm so used to playing Void Titan. I've played Void Titan the same since the Taken King. Right. Pop mm-hmm. a bubble, you know, Helm of State 14, whatever that kind of that kind of Void Titan. That's just the Titan I've played. That's my role. If we're raiding, if we're doing strikes, if we're doing nightfalls, that's my role. Right. Protector. Pop the bubble be the guy that takes all the damage while everybody else does all the cool stuff. Right. I am, I'm experimenting with new, like new, new exotics. I'm experimenting with different builds. I'm using different styles of grenades. I love throwing the shield. Have you bought the new void armor ornaments for no, the Titan? Not yet. The one that costs you real money. You get in to the- wear a Captain America shield on your back permanently. I know. I see. I see. I look. I'm on Twitter right now, and I see damage. Have he has it on his back. Damage right has it. Joe. Joe bought it like after the second mission, and yeah. never took it off. John eight one. Johnny has bought it. I mean, I'm probably I've not going bought to the hunter set. I'm going to after I like when we get off. I probably will. I I just was like, I don't, you know, I want to play this campaign. I want to see what kind of armor I get first. Uh, but right. God, dude, like I'm having so much fun as a void Titan. And it's like, like I want to do, I want to be like a solar Titan and throw hammers because that's cool. But, you know, I'm a void Titan. So I'm just going to like pop a bubble and, you know, shoot stuff. If the, if the solar and arc classes get half as much love as void. Yeah. Oh my God. The possibilities are literally endless for your build. I still think that there are certain supers that pigeonhole you Mm -hmm. into doing certain things. Like nothing about this campaign said, yes. Thunder crash. Right. Yeah. Um, they clearly wanted you to use the void though. Like th- there's even they, like, they pretty clearly wanted you to, 
We the there's literally a that, line in the first mission that says embrace the void. The first time that the only time that we really so I was on stasis for the first couple of missions, mm-hmm. and I had to finally get rid of it after the mission in the pyramid. I had to get rid of it at that point. I, it was good to be able to freeze things and throw my shurikens, but I needed a super that would deal actual damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, the changes to Mobius Quiver are absolutely nuts. The uh, the, the triple fire arrows. Yeah. You get two volleys, uh, but if you're wearing Orpheus rigs, you get three, mm-hmm. which that's like another 150, 200K if you hit those. And they hone in on their targets too. Right. But I have it set up to where every time that if an enemy is snare and gets killed, all of those set off volatile explosions. It's like a whole bunch of void bombs going off all at once. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're usually, we've usually got the target debuffed either with my smoke or with a grenade and in the final battle against Sabathun, I was doing 760-something K per hit, at least. I One of those times I was pushing really close to 800 with Weapons of Light and uh, standing in a well, in addition to my tether. Uh, it's been so refus- uh, refusing, refreshing to be able to put Divinity down for high-end content so far. Um, we'll see if that hold, if my luck holds into the raid. I don't suspect that it will, but for right now, it's an absolute relief. Yeah, yeah it's it's been a it's been a life changing experience. Like I feel like I'm relearning yeah. the class I've been playing for six years. Like, I, yeah, okay. I mean, uh, I Sentinel Titan saved us so many times. Yeah, Joe wasn't popping bubbles or anything until that final mission. He was out there. He he'd be like, "Okay, there's a big mob. I'm gonna go. I know how long my super lasts. I know how much my health is. I'm gonna go run out there and kill him." Yeah. But being able to drop your barricade and it gives everybody a void overshield. Yeah. Importance cannot be overstated yeah. how often I had Thrall running up on us. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 awesome. And like I can't wait to use this because like I played the whole campaign by myself. So like I didn't yeah. really get to experiment with some of the stuff that helped teammates because like I didn't have any. Right. But man, just even like the new ways that they implemented throwing the shield, right? Like you get to throw it multiple times now mm-hmm. instead of just like the once or like sometimes if you build it right, you can throw it twice. But like now I, I threw it like four or five times in a row. Like it was awesome. Now, I, I have to ask you, so we're, we're kind of edging that way. We're talking about builds and whatnot. Have you come across any of the random drop weapons that you're really liking so far? Uh. I mean, not really. I'm still kind of using the weapons I'm used to just yeah. because I wanted to I like like I said, I kind of didn't play this the way that normal people are going to play it. I've been like rushing through it. So I wanted to use yeah. the weapons I was most familiar with. Mm-hmm. But I love the SMG. I used uh uh Outbreak Perfected a lot. Yep. Um I used my Code Duello with cluster bombs on it a lot. Like I, I like I was just using the stuff that I already had, but uh I did find a random drop scout rifle that I use when I was using the SMG. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called, uh, but I did use that a lot while I was using the SMG uh, that I really liked. I, I like the SMG. Uh, I want to talk about weapons here for a few minutes. I like the SMG, the Throne World SMG. Yeah, I really like it. It reloads so slow. Holy it does. crap. I can miss an entire wave of enemies in the Wellspring activity from just trying to reload that. On Void, there's no dodge to reload option for hunters. 
So it's really distressing trying to do some of these uh, true sight objectives. Um, but I really, I, I'm enjoying that. Uh, I like the scout. The scout is okay. Because let me tell you what, what scout is rocking my world. It is the new Trials of Osiris scout rifle. Yeah, that's what yes, I've, I've been hearing about I that. I did save two Engrams, everybody. I Upon getting uh, decent rolls on these, I decided I really should have saved like eight of these. And that's what I'm going to do going into next season. I'm just going to save up all sorts of Engrams at Saint. Yeah. And immediately turn them in for whatever new or returning weapon is there. Yeah. Um, oh, God. It, it was just, it was so cool to see this drop uh, i had vorpal one of them dropped with vorpal so i slapped a boss spec on that for when we were having to shoot from afar um and there, there's a few other things but i think the new perk pools are really interesting crafting of course you know we've discussed that we're going to do a little bit more on crafting next week uh, i think we both need to like understand how extracting the resources actually works like extracting resources and perks and things like that um but just God, even the, even the world drops, the foundry weapons, the Suros and Amalons and stuff are awesome. Yeah. Everything feels so good. And like, I'm not getting overloaded with seasonal weapons right now. I'm just like vibing and enjoying. Uh, the Throne World armor is especially stingy to get to drop. I don't know if you've noticed that. Mm -mm. Uh, I still have not gotten the helmet or the class item. Oh, really? And I have put a lot of time into this game so far. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, I think you may have to unlock them with Finch first. Okay. He, yeah. He has two levels of rewards, but in doing his stuff, you unlock Deep Sight, Tier 2, Tier 3. You get um, the ability to replay campaign missions, and you unlock uh, Master or Legend difficulty, whatever it is, for the Wellspring also. Mm. So, which that's a cool activity. That's on a daily rotation. They finally have learned stop doing weekly rotations. Hmm. Uh, it's daily, and each day also rotates one of four weapons that drop initially only from the Wellspring. Oh, Once you've cool. gotten it to drop there, you can get them to drop from Engrams out in the world, I believe. Okay, so it's like uh, a once you get Engrams. it. So like once you get them in the in the Wellspring, you can get them in the Throne World. Theoretically, you can at least right. get them from your engrams that you get from Finch. Okay, I know that you can at least do that. Okay, so I I'm curious to see how that goes because those require five blueprints extracted in order to get the actual blueprint for that gun. Yeah, and that's just if you ask me, that's way too much. Yeah, but uh, that's that's just me. These grinds again are clearly here. For first off, if, with the campaign ones or the Wellspring ones, it's like, eh, well, you're probably going to play a lot of that, especially in the first few months. Mm -hmm. you, it'll be more of a slog if you come along later and try to do them. Right. But you can work on the weapons anywhere. You're not restricted to where you can do them. And the raid weapons being craftable, that's very clearly a gigantic just reward Yeah. from, you know, Bungie to you. Like, congratulations, you've done the raid so many times. You've you suffered through bad rolls of these weapons so many times mm -hmm. that we're going to let you craft your own and start... Because you have to craft your own to start leveling it. You can't just level some random drop you got on it. Uh, yeah. Which is fine, because, I mean, that the whole level system is for 
the uh, the reshaping and things like that. And you don't have to do every single gun like that. There are are some for the triumphs you have to. You have to at least get the blueprints, but then I mean you have to go craft them all either. Right. Yeah. Man, just Josh is looking intently like someone is robbing him. No, I heard there's like some sort of scraping going on on the other side of the wall, and I don't know what it is. Huh? I think my neighbors are moving furniture around over there. Hmm. Don't they know that Thursday nights they can't make any noises? <sighs> no, it's just it's weird because it's com- it's coming from the other side of my refrigerator, basically. So it's like, well, they're clearly doing something either in their kitchen or in their living room because I know how our stuff backs up. Right. Anyways, continue. Continue. No, I was just saying that, like, I just. I'm like overwhelmed, but like overwhelmed with like joy and ready to keep playing and try to figure all these secrets out and all these things out. Cause like, I know you've played a lot more than I have, but like after Mm -hmm. playing that campaign, I'm like, I kind of want to like do it again or like really try to solve some of these mysteries and some of these, some of these do these quests and, you know, really like dive deep into some of this stuff. It's just, it's so awesome that like, I don't know. I just I feel like Destiny is finally in the place that it, that we've always wanted it to be in. Yep. And it just it feels like man, I I wish like it would have been at this spot at least at the launch of Destiny two because like I'm just having so much fun. Not that I haven't had fun right the last four or five years or so, but like right. It's just like man, this is like everything I've always wanted it to be, and it's finally here, and I'm so happy. I'm just so happy. Like the campaign. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty thrilled with what's happened. Those are pretty much the exact same words I said too. This is what I always dreamed that this game could and should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you you sometimes have to you have to make something and realize it needs to change over time. It really feels like this is like the culmination of everything they learned from the Activision deal and from mm-hmm. going independent. And I just hope that Lightfall and the Final Shape continue the trajectory that the series is clearly on. Like the seasonal storytelling was on point. Beyond Light was definitely a step up over Shadowkeep, but I think that expansion really suffered from COVID. And it was kind of mm-hmm. like, well, let's just let's get this out now and let's internally punt the Witch Queen now. Yeah, it felt like as much as I enjoyed Beyond Light and find like finding the secrets of like Elsie Bray and the Clovis Bray and Bray Tech and. Which is great storytelling, by the yeah. way. Yeah, no, it's great, but it felt like it felt like a Rise of Iron type campaign as opposed to like the yeah. Taken King, right? I, I would agree with that. This, I mean, going into this, we said like ah, Taken King and Forsaken are easily the two best. This blows past Forsaken, and it, I mean, I would say it pretty heartily runs past. Mm-hmm. Taken King at this point for mm-hmm. story and overall. And I mean, like, obviously, you know, how good the raid is is going to factor into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the destination is, it's the best destination we've gotten since the Dreaming City, which sadly never got iterated upon. But they took clearly some of the ideas from the Dreaming City and applied them here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, the, the true sight and like the, the tinctures were like the prototype for this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And like, to your point, like comparing it to the Taken King, like Taken King was a pretty great, like linear kind of story, right? Where like mm-hmm. it's, it was a pretty A to B story, but it was awesome. Right. With like 
okay, yeah, there was a branch here for like Touch of Malice or like the exotic sword quest over here. But like the campaign alone for the Witch Queen has so many tendrils like leaking out from it and like so many secrets and like yeah. finding the memories and finding, you know, Sagira or finding the, the pieces of the tablet, right? Like the, there's so many like finding the pieces of the glaive before we craft our first one. Yeah. And it's just like, man, there's so many like little little things within this campaign that are just they're so much better delivered than anything they've done with destiny and it's just it 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 makes the world feel it makes this campaign feel alive and like it's it it everything in this campaign has a purpose you know like it feels purposeful it's very methodical yeah and but bungie has set an incredibly high bar for themselves, which I mean, they, they did with Taken King, to be fair. Forsaken came close, but I felt like Forsaken was, like, really, really repetitive. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of, like, fetch quests and things like that. Like, a whole lot of gotcha stuff in those. Yeah. Like, this doesn't feel that way. This campaign doesn't feel that way. This world doesn't feel that way. It's rewarding just to go walk around. Like, oh, you stop to get bounties from Finch or to grab a rank reward? Oh, well, hey, why don't you go pick up, uh, why don't you go get one of those chests over there? Mm-hmm. Why don't you go get, why don't you go get a, qu- or, oh, drive by the public event. Let's go drive by uh, Destiny Overwatch. Yeah. And, uh, and do that event real quick and get us some, get us some Throne World XP. Oh, high value target just got killed? Well, why don't I loot the chest and get a free 60? Like, you level up so quickly just by walking around and doing stuff. Yeah. They clearly wanted to make it easy, but when they said all vendors were going to have these tracks in the future, I'm so happy that they did it with Finch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So happy. And you can keep grinding out levels after that for Engrams from him that are guaranteed to drop crafting materials, Throne World weapons that you, and they specifically say that you unlocked. So that's how you're going to get some of those other Throne World weapons. Mm-hmm. And I believe armor also drops from each one. So you can just sit there and bang, 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 bang. Maybe it's not something you're going and doing every week after you've hit the pinnacle cap for the year or for the expansion, but. You know, yeah, I could see myself every you know every season or two like oh if I'm really hunting a specific blueprint and I just don't want to go sit through like eight well springs or something I'm right. gonna go work on this yeah yeah man that's awesome uh, uh, there's so many other there's so many other secrets like I, I can't even talk about some of them because you know you're not at that point there there's little moths that you can find and collect and when you get one of them you go to the pieces of paper there in the cave behind Finch. And boom, light up moth right there. It's like hunting the jade rabbits on the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I cannot emphasize enough how much better hunting those and the darkness portals is than doing the stupid little, uh, the stupid things you had to shoot to get the, the codes in Beyond Light and go to a certain area and activate this transponder. And oh, you got to shoot all these drones down again. And right. man cannot emphasize how much better this is and how it seems like the raid is going to actually tie into the storyline of the expansion. The season is working in tandem with the expansion. It's yeah. Mm, it's 10 out of 10. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Incredible. I, yeah. I mean, when I finished it, I said that like, I was going to sit on it, but I think this is, this might be my, the best campaign they've ever done. And like, after sitting on it and like, honestly, really thinking about it and even like loading up destiny one again for a little bit and like going to like, the dreadnought and running around and stuff just for context. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I remember this and the Taken King was so good. And it was such a great 
time for destiny at least for me in terms of like a raid group and a, and a clan and really diving deep into this but this is like this is shoots way past this like it it just does and i don't i don't know any other way to explain it no it's it soars yeah it absolutely soars yeah um this is Savathun is cool. Like Savathun is cool. Savathun is the best developed villain we've ever gotten in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Bife made a good point where like, yeah, Savathun's the best villain because she's been around the longest. Whether you like pay attention to the lore or not, like she's been around the longest. She's the most developed. Like you get like Aramis was like a one and done villain. Even yep. Oryx to an extent was like a one and done villain. Well, Oryx got rushed in so quickly, and yeah. it's like, well, if you didn't do the Crota raid, why is he mad at you? You know, this is really one of the first raids we've ever had that actually is tied into the story, that I hope ties into the storyline, at least. Because with Crota, that one did Imprison of Elder Sid, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, and Oryx, I guess that was really something that they did in, in D1 and D2. We haven't really gotten ones that have tied in with the explicit, like, theme of the season. Right. Uh, with the season or with the uh, the expansion, even. We yeah. really haven't gotten those. Like Garden of Salvation just kind of hung out there. Yeah. Um, last wish, I guess. Yeah. Probably I mean, the last one we got. I mean, yeah. I mean, that has to be like the last one. But even then, it was like it tied into the Dreaming City and the in the lore. But like, I mean, I didn't really play a lot that season, to be honest with you. So yeah, I guess I honestly, it it really it re- that in the Shattered Throne did feel like they continued the story of the game. Because, I mean, Riven ultimately being taken mm-hmm. by Savathun is what corrupted Ultra. Right, yeah. So it's like you're taking out the creature that's indirectly responsible, but don't forget also when Worlds first happened is when the Curse of the Dreaming City set in. Like, right. That right. absolutely, that and uh, the Shattered Throne, which we got three weeks later with Duel and Karu, you know, Savathun's daughter. Right. Like, that's a whole thing. Like, we learned from, we learned from the little lore book in the Collector's Edition that Mara... And Eris fought Savathun and Duel and Karu in the Ascendant Plane between the events of Forsaken and uh, Shadowkeep. Right. And that Mara took out a pyramid ship entirely on her own, and we don't know how she did it, if she can do it again, right. etc. All just all we know is it exhausted her. Right. And we finally get word from Fenchurch because of it. Yeah. It, it, all the nods that this game and the Collector's Edition have made it is it's it's masterfully done it wasn't something stupid like uh, and i mean initially i'll i'll be honest when we found the ghost of the sagira shell i was like oh shit did she steal the light from sagira and when you read some of those lore pages that you get from doing the campaign the martian missives Uh uh book the first page, the first page you read, sounds it's from Osiris, and it very much sounds like Osiris basically says in that uh, I offered Savathun the light, I gave it to her to give you an ally in the tower who could do things that I couldn't, but also so I could take knowledge from her and this and that. And then as you start reading more of these, you kind of get the impression, okay, these are not from these actual people. The first few definitely are deceptive. It's like truth to power. Right. There's some deliberate misspellings, extra spaces, things like that in there. Right. But it is I, I can't I can't wait. We're gonna be uncovering the secrets of this for weeks and months to come, but it also feels like the exotic quests that take place after the events of the story, canonically, 
are also setting up things to happen later this year and even in Delightfall. Mm -hmm. And I think that little seeds are being planted for the future. Like, yeah. the the witness saying that he's here to basically deliver the soul system. He's here to He's here to save them, essentially, mm -hmm. from the Traveler. Um, you get the impression that, I think for the first time, after the conclusion of Light and Dark, we're leaving the soul system. We're going to another galaxy. Yeah. Um, and when we say going to another galaxy, I think it's highly possible that you start thinking that, well, we could see, we could see uh, Reeks. Or, uh, yeah, oh, we could say... Uh, we see Rixus, the uh, the homeworld of the Elixni. Mm -hmm. Maybe we help rebuild Tortoball or find the Cabal a new planet. Maybe we end up on the uh, the icy planet that Drifter was on. I wonder if now we see the monolith creatures that devoured anything with light. Yeah. I wonder if we see those now. Yeah. Start showing up. I, there's so many things that you can do here going forward it, it has me excited for the immediate future but also for what comes next what is like three years out like destiny 3 like dang it feels like we're really getting ready to start saying goodbye to the tower and things like that like mm -hmm. there wasn't hey let's run back to the tower every 15 minutes yeah in this campaign we went there approximately one time yeah i think yeah i think i went there twice but i i yeah, think we, i went we, we went back to go refill on like upgrade modules right. and materials and things like that but right. story-wise you had to go one time and that is at the very beginning of act three that is right before the final strike right and that's when you get that cool like avengers mm -hmm. assemble moment God, that whole scene office. was so cool like zavala like freaking out because the traveler revived savathun yeah like that was a cool moment because like his whole faith in the traveler was you could see it shatter like in that room yeah you can see everybody's i mean yeah. you see the way that uh saint kind of uh you know comforts anna a little bit yeah yeah that's a that was a cool moment by the way because i love both those characters and like, i do too yeah by I the way where's my saint. where's my where's my anna bray statue and my saint 14 statue numbskull Where, where's my mithrax deluxe yeah um god if they put I was actually I, I confess I was surprised when we got that cutscene that uh, Keitel was not there and that uh, Osiris, despite him recovering, was not there. Was he not and there? Then, I swear he was there. I thought Osiris, he was there. Nope, Osiris was not there. Oh, Saladin was there. Never mind. Drifter wasn't there either, which was a little surprising to me. Yeah. I get that he's not part of the Vanguard, but Drifter has saved our asses so many times already at this point. Yeah. We're going to let Eris and her creepy little orb be there. I yeah. think it's time to start cutting Drifter in on these meetings. <laughs> but he's too busy smuggling Spider out of the Tangled Shore right now. Yeah. Uh, I, Elsie, I think that the, El Elsie wasn't there either. Well, Elsie... But Elsie doesn't talk to anybody in the Vanguard. Yeah, but Anna's there, right? I mean... They... Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess... I don't know. Uh, the more I think about Beyond Light, the more frustrated I get after playing the Witch Queen because I liked so much of what they did in Beyond Light. I mean, without Beyond Light walked so that the Witch Queen could run a triathlon. Yeah. Okay. Like, if Beyond Light was Destiny finding its footing for good, 
this is where we go into another level that I didn't know the franchise could go to. Mm-hmm. Is it perfect? No. I mean, there there are some qualms. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some minor qualms. And surely we're going to figure out more as we get more into crafting and we get into a few other things. But right now, it, this is it's the most completed expansion has ever been. I can't believe that this was forty dollars. Yeah. And I'm not saying that sarcastically like I have with some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. I where I'm like, man, they charge forty bucks for Shadow Keep, for instance. Yeah. Like God. Shadow Keep was like Shadow Keep now would be a seasonal story. Yeah. I was about to say the same I was about to say that, but then I was like, it, I mean it's a little bit longer, but like still. But I mean like, yes, it was a big deal that we saw the pyramid, we entered the pyramid, but I mean like the nightmare hunts, that feels like something that that's like Wrathborn hunts. Mm-hmm. Like Alters of Sorrow, that feels like a seasonal activity. Like as much as Alters is great to go try out new weapons and make pro- I'm sure it's gonna be the place to farm your new weapons at. Oh yeah. Um, especially your unlimited ammo primaries, but Jesus Christ. I, I don't I don't know, like I this has me so excited. Like I I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing how Solar and Arc evolve. How do we do the vendor cha- the vendor updates with Zavala and Saladin and Shax? We know all three of them are gonna get it. We know Drifter has it. I haven't even I haven't touched Gambit yet. I'm actually looking forward to playing Gambit. Mm-hmm. Um I I'm not gonna call for every planetary vendor to get updates like Finch did because I just have played on those planets for enough years that I don't really want to go grind them out again. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to retroactively give me like all 30 ranks just right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Don't do not do this to me. <laughs> but going forward, this is absolutely how new vendors should be introduced. Yeah. On planets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I agree. But, um, do we have any final thoughts on the composition of the campaign? Uh, any more lauding? Any more story beats that we want to kind of address? Uh, I mean, well, we really. I, didn't... I feel like this is the story I haven't had to explain that much because it's so straightforward. It is. I mean, we haven't really talked about the memories that we had to go get. I mean, if um, you wanted to touch on those a little bit, but I mean, like those. Even I those mean, are pretty straightforward. That that's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's really showing the manipulation of Sabathun by, mm-hmm. uh, well, Sathona as she used to be called, of right. her and her sisters. The the big piece, I think, from that to take away is she made temples in her throne world to herself, Oryx, and Zivu Arath. Yeah, which Um, surprised me that, like, Zivu Arath wasn't mentioned in this campaign at all, except for that memory. Absolutely floored that Zivu Arath did not show up. Yeah. That makes me wonder, does Zivu Arath, is Zivu Arath the first disciple? Uh, I think there's... You know, or, or, you know, the disciple, you know, is that is that who we're talking about here? I don't think so, but it, it's, it's a possibility, possible. though. I mean, we like... know that she is the one who controls the Taken now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot tell you how relieved I am. Not a single fucking Taken Scion showed up in this campaign. I don't think not a single one. I'm so relieved. Straight up Hive, which was like, don't get me wrong. I hate, I I fought, hate... we fought more scorn than anything, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that's great. I, I I like that. I'm okay with that because I think that that I'm still not completely convinced that King's Fall is what we're getting in the fall. I think it's still like an 80-85% chance we're getting King's Fall. I think there's an outside chance that we get a SIBA-focused season though and they do Wrath of the Machine. Yeah. But if if the raid is Scorn, you know, then you... I think you can probably lock down that we're doing King's Fall as the reprised raid. Yeah. 
King's Fall. What a great raid that was, though. What a great raid that was. Uh, it's still, like, oh, top tier. Uh, it's but, probably still the best raid overall, but yeah. But, I mean, I want to see what this raid is now. If, if the campaign is this good, I want to see what kind of raid they have, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing is we're able to already call this the best expansion ever without even having to take the raid into account. Mm-hmm. Like, when we rank Forsaken and the Taken King, that's me including the raid. Mm-hmm. This is me ranking without the raid or mm-hmm. without any of the content that's going to come in the year after. Um, <clears throat> if the seasons continue on the trajectory they have, I see no reason to think. Like, we just left the best year ever of Destiny, and that was with a subpar campaign and beyond mm-hmm. light like it was it was good for a destiny campaign but now you look right. at it and you're like oh damn like this is what you're capable of now like oh i will expect nothing i i will accept nothing less as we speed towards the end i mean the way i look at beyond light was like that that campaign was like serviceable but they really mastered seasonal storytelling mm-hmm. like since arrivals and then into beyond lights see like the seasons mastered seasonal storytelling and that mm-hmm. allowed them to like delaying the witch queen really allowed them to master the campaign. Yeah, I and I, I saw this sentiment by a lot of people on, on Twitter and on Reddit, but if the delay is what helped make the witch queen as good as it was, mm-hmm. please decide now if you need to punt Lightfall or not. Um, and if you do, just let us know like as far in advance as you did and. Plan the seasons accordingly if that's going to happen. Like, give us a couple extra weeks maybe in seasons instead of a six-month season. Because a six-month season almost killed my enthusiasm for the Witch Queen. Yeah. I'll be honest. Even with the 30th anniversary thrown in there, it was I basically took the anniversary off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did. I mean, after we did the, we did the dungeon a few times, and I got mm-hmm. all, like, the Halo weapons that I wanted and stuff, and that was kind of, like... That was it. I took a couple months off. Like I, pl- I started playing last week to, you know, do the exorcism mission and and really kind of like double that. Plus, I was like playing around with a build that A One Johnny sent me the the yeah the stasis one, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna just put this away until you know <laughs> until we're ready for the witch queen. Yeah, the, it's safe to say that our journey with the Witch Queen is only just now getting started. Um, in the coming weeks, you know, we're all going to uncover, you know, more quests and more secrets around the throne world. This feels like, I feel like the throne world is ripe for a secret exotic mission in the vein of Whisper of the Worm. Mm-hmm. Oh my Maybe gosh, there's so many things. Quest like outbreak that, you know, you can, you can trigger or something. I feel like there's so many things you can do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many like nooks and crannies and like secret areas and probably places that we haven't even seen yet. Right. I mean, like, I mean, it's only been out for two days. Like there's probably a ton of places people haven't explored yet. Right. So yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, it, it, they're gonna have to make certain areas much more accessible. Uh, that's one of my only like little gripes. I think mm-hmm. I don't want to have to run through three areas just to get to one that's way off. It's the same complaint I had about Beyond Light. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, I was helping a friend run run through the Beyond Light campaign uh, mm-hmm. the other day because they were interested in Witch Queen, so I like ran through it. Right. Did you know that spawn point at the top? of doesn't uh at the top of uh, europa doesn't appear until after the campaign 
Are you serious? So you have you still have to run there for the campaign missions. For like every single campaign mission. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. That's yeah. absolutely awful. I have no words for how how bad that is. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I ran through it with my warlock because I was like, well, I want to be I want to have at least two characters ready to go, you know. So I was like, yeah, I might as well just run through with my warlock. Man. <laughs> now now that now that we're automatically being given all the void uh aspects if you've played before and not creating a brand new character mm-hmm. all you have to do is go uh, purchase your other grenade types from icora mm-hmm. um and we will have four more fragments that'll appear after worlds first please streamline stasis in the same way mm-hmm. please let me just if i've completed the campaign on one character and i've unlocked all fragments and aspects please just unlock them on my other two characters mm-hmm. because i cannot describe how much of a buzzkill it is to know i have to go play the entire campaign again on these characters and go through all the filler bullshit Uh to get to this Uh like i will probably do the intro mission for the witch queen on both my warlock and my titan just to have them be able to go into the throne world and do that stuff Uh but i really don't want to have to play through the campaign again please just recognize i've beat it on other characters the option is always there for me to replay the campaign if i want to with these characters right yeah, that's the but, thing. That's the thing is like the way it's set up now, like just if I've beaten the campaign, just give it to me, you know, on the other characters. I get yeah. it. Like you you want people to have if you want people to have multiple characters like this, that's how you do it. Like the option you, you is to make it more friendly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like, ah oh, man, man. And even to get stasis, too, is like I got to play through Beyond Light and then to get. Like the, and then uh, all the other bullshit that comes with yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do the Empire Hunts. I don't want to do all this garbage, right? Like, I just want to, I just want this stuff there. Let me play around with it. I've already done it once. Ugh, man. Anyways. Anyways, any any final thoughts? Any I loved final it. thoughts on the initial campaign, the storytelling, etc. before we go, like, you know, deep and kind of off into the tangents and into the weeds next week no i i mean like i said if if you are just looking for a solid campaign this is this is the best one they've done uh you know we've we've got a lot of new listeners and i know a few people are kind of newer to destiny in general like this is the best campaign they've done uh i would if you are unfamiliar with savathun and the hive please watch Bife's dynasty video uh it's a very awesome like rendition of of the history of the hive and and all that stuff just go watch it it's great uh but this is just an awesome campaign the best they've done the production values like it's just it's great it's the best one 10 out of 10 yeah yeah i mean it's 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 the best even without the like we said without the raid Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm super curious to know what the dungeons are going to look like yeah. Um, I the, the as much as we're gonna say, oh, the throne world is ripe for a dungeon. I don't know if I want to cram a dungeon in there necessarily right away, mm-hmm. knowing that we're gonna get a raid. I would much rather see us go back to the Deepstone Crypt first. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that still needs to be dealt with, especially um, since we had to go to Europa, right? Like that. I mean, yeah, they're still yeah, clearly like using that space. Yeah. Um, and you fought Cabal there too, uh-huh. so. I thought it was interesting how the Cabal, like, showed up a few times. Mm-hmm. I kept expecting them to actually, like, have a presence on the throne world, but 
it was interesting. We did that right after we did the Europa mission, right after watching the cutscene in the hangar mm-hmm. between you, titles of and Saladin. Right. And she's issuing this, uh, you know, the edict, like, ah, uh, you know, those are, those are, you know, not, they're not to be trusted. They're loyal. They're not loyal. You know, they're, they're rebels gun them down. And you're like, uh, like me and, uh, me and Colonel Panic are kind of holding back. Like, are we supposed to kill these guys? And then when she said we could, that's it. He's like, oh, well, was that a result of us doing that? And uh, it was not. Can confirm it's not a result of doing that. She does it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's cool. I loved it. I love this campaign. Um, Absolutely love it. I'm ready to, like, dive into the, the extra stuff now and, you know, do these quests and just get the, the, wor- <laughs> the worm gun <laughs> that everybody keeps talking about. <laughs> That is, uh, I, I did that last night. That is single-handedly, like, the best that they've, it's the, it's one of the best quests. It's up there with Ghost Impersonating Drifter. Yeah. It may be better, honestly. <laughs> Ghost Impersonate, that mission was fun. That was so, so it, cool. It's great. It, it's great. This is, the, the Worm Grenade Launcher is, the final mission of it is an instant classic, as far as I'm concerned. So. Uh, but Corey, it's, uh, get on here we got more witch queen to play we do we do i'm actually like my knee my you know like when you're like excited to do something you bounce your knee up and down a little bit well i do Mm -hmm. that's what's happening i do i definitely do yeah so we're gonna get out of here i want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of tower casuals welcome all you new guardians i know there's quite a few of you judging by uh our numbers so welcome hope you stick around hope you enjoyed this episode uh, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and a nice rating. Really help us out. Uh, Josh, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter, at Josh underscore Finn, two N's. I talk about Destiny and video games a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot. It's true. He does. I see them. You can find me at I am Corey HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at Tower Casuals. Email the show at towercasuals at gmail.com if you have a question, comment, or concern. We're also on Instagram. And thank you everybody for watching and or listening. And until next week, Guardians, goodbye.